This video is brought to you by Nebula. Today, Egypt backs Somalia in its dispute with Ethiopia, Israeli hostage families disrupt parliament, and Turkey finally moves forward with Sweden's NATO bid. From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Tuesday the 23rd of January 2024. Egyptian President Abdel Fattah el-Sisi has sided with Somalia and slammed Ethiopia for its deal with the breakaway republic of Somaliland, hinting that Egypt could become directly involved in the growing dispute. Sisi said, while hosting his Somalian counterpart, that Egypt will not allow anyone to threaten Somalia or affect its security, adding, do not try Egypt or try to threaten its brothers, especially if they ask it to intervene. It comes after Ethiopia signed a memorandum of understanding earlier this month with Somaliland that granted landlocked Ethiopia access to a seaport in exchange, according to Somaliland, for Ethiopian recognition of Somaliland as a sovereign state. Somaliland is an unrecognised state that broke away from Somalia in 1991 as the rest of the country collapsed into civil war. Despite no international recognition, Somaliland has been de facto independent since then, under a series of democratically elected governments. The Memorandum of Understanding infuriated Somalia and prompted a deterioration of relations between Somalia and Ethiopia. So why has Egypt now got involved in the dispute? Well, Somalia has engaged in a diplomatic push for support from its allies and partners. Somalian President Hassan Sheikh Mohammed travelled to Egypt to rally support from President Sisi and also met with the head of the Arab League, an organisation that both Somalia and Egypt belong to. As well as this link between Egypt and Somalia, Egypt and Ethiopia, two regional powerhouses, already have tense relations. They've been at odds for years over a contentious hydroelectric dam in Ethiopia, on the main tributary to the River Nile, that Egypt says threatens its vital supply of water. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine, or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. On Monday, families of Israelis held hostage in Gaza disrupted a parliamentary meeting, demanding the government do more to secure the immediate release of their relatives. During a Knesset finance meeting, around 20 relatives of hostages taken by Hamas on October the 7th stormed the room with signs and banners, while chanting, release them now. A day earlier, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu rejected new Hamas conditions for ending the war and releasing hostages, leading to a Hamas official claiming that there was no chance for the return of the captives. During a week-long truce in November, 110 Israelis and other nationals were released in exchange for 240 Palestinian women and children from Israeli prisons. Some 130 Israeli hostages still remain in Gaza, and the Israeli government says that 27 hostages have already died in captivity. As support continues to wane for Netanyahu, families fear that returning the hostages is secondary to Israel's objective of destroying Hamas, as Netanyahu's office has stressed that there was no real proposal from Hamas for a ceasefire. However, reports emerge today that the Israeli government has proposed a two-month pause in fighting in Gaza for the phased release of the remaining hostages. It's further than Israel has previously gone, but does not meet Hamas's demand for a complete end to Israel's offensive in Gaza. 
At the time of writing, Hamas's response is not yet known. In other news from Gaza, the Israeli military says it suffered its single deadliest day so far, with 24 soldiers killed on the same day. It's suspected that 21 of these deaths occurred when two buildings exploded and collapsed. The explosions are thought to have been triggered by a rocket-propelled grenade fired by Palestinian militants that set off the explosives laid by Israeli forces preparing to demolish the buildings. In other news, on Tuesday, the Turkish parliament is expected to debate and vote on Sweden's NATO membership bid, after a series of long delays to the application that was first filed nearly two years ago. Parliamentary sources say the Turkish parliament is expected to approve the application today, and President Erdogan is expected to sign it into law soon after. It comes after some high-level diplomatic discussions between Turkish and US officials that are thought to have helped move things along. US President Joe Biden spoke on the phone last month with his Turkish counterpart, President Erdogan, while US Secretary of State Antony Blinken visited Turkey this month where he met with Erdogan and the Turkish Foreign Minister. Sweden's NATO application was initially delayed by Turkey as the Turkish government demanded Sweden take stronger action against what it claimed were Kurdish terrorists being harboured in the country. In response, Sweden did toughen up its laws, including by introducing a new anti-terrorism bill, though Turkey still remained an obstacle by also linking Sweden's accession to NATO with US government approval for the sale of F-16 fighter jets to Turkey. The US government supports the F-16 sale, but the timeline for US congressional approval is unclear. If Turkey does approve Sweden's application this week, the final holdout will be Hungary, which has also been stalling parliamentary approval, in part because of Swedish accusations of democratic backsliding in Hungary. In a flex of his leverage, Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban tweeted today that he'd invited the Swedish Prime Minister for a visit to Hungary to negotiate on Sweden's NATO accession. Meanwhile, over in Germany, the Federal Constitutional Court has today ruled that the state can cut funding to a far-right neo-Nazi party called Die Heimat, or the Homeland, due to its undermining of democracy, even though the party is not banned. The court has ruled that the party should not receive state funding and that its tax relief should be cancelled for six years, since its agenda is deemed to go against the German constitution. Formerly known as the National Democratic Party, Die Heimat is a small ultranationalist party with around 3,000 members. A movement to ban the party in 2017 failed, but following this, the German government applied to have the party banned from state funding in 2019. Die Heimat hasn't actually benefited from state subsidies for years, as it hasn't received enough votes, but it has benefited from tax relief. More significantly, today's ruling could affect the future of the more prominent AFD, which has been in hot water recently after senior members were involved in a discussion regarding plans to expel millions of people with immigrant backgrounds and reportedly took place at a secret meeting in November. Mass protests against this has taken place across the country in recent days, with hundreds of thousands of people marching against the rise of the AFD, which is now polling second at around 23%. And finally, in uplifting news, there's been another breakthrough in Africa's battle against malaria. Cameroon has begun the world's first routine malaria vaccine program for children, offering the vaccine free of charge to all infants up to the age of six months. 
This comes after Cape Verde became officially malaria-free earlier in the month. Around 80% of the 600,000 people who die of malaria in Africa each year are children under the age of five. The program comes after successful pilot campaigns in Kenya, Ghana and Malawi that saw a drop of 13% in deaths caused by malaria. Whilst the vaccine has a relatively low efficacy rate, with malaria tablets and nets, it's an important addition to anti-malaria programs. 20 other countries aim to roll out the program this year, including Burkina Faso, Liberia, Niger and Sierra Leone. You've no doubt been following along with the news from Israel and Gaza, but if you want a better understanding, to dive deeper into the history of the region, then you should check out Real Life Law's hour-long documentary about the tensions and fighting between Israel and Gaza going back decades. That video, by the way, is part of Real Life Law's Modern Conflict series, where they regularly run through major ongoing conflicts from Lebanon's civil war to everything going on in Myanmar and the Turkish-Kurdish conflict. It's an incredible series, and it's exclusively available on our streaming service, Nebula. As you likely know, Nebula is the service we built with a bunch of our creator friends, and is the home to tons of smart educational content from all your favourite creators. The best part is that by signing up, you not only get access to exclusive series like Modern Conflicts, China Actually from Polymatter, or the logistics of X from Wendover Productions, it also directly supports TLDR. That's because when you sign up, you contribute to the budgets of these big budget documentaries, and it helps us grow and expand our ambitions. So if you sign up using the link below, you can support us directly and get 40% off Nebula's annual plan. That's less than £2 a month, which is an incredibly good price for an independent streaming service which not only supports creators but also provides you with tons of ad-free and exclusive content. Thank you for your support and for backing Nebula.